According to the nonprofit ECRI's annual report, the number one patient safety concern in the U.S. is pediatric mental health. The nonprofit on health tech and safety says that a rise in depression and anxiety among children is being fueled by an increase in social media use, drug and alcohol use, gun violence, socioeconomic conditions, and a lack of access to care. This is Pulse Check. I'm Ruth Reader. The White House shut down proposals from congressional Republicans to label Mexican drug cartels trafficking fentanyl into the United States as foreign terrorist organizations. The National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watson said the designation would not grant the U.S. any authorities it doesn't already have. The U.S. has powerful sanctions authorities specifically designed to combat narcotics trafficking organizations, and they have not been afraid to use them, she said in a statement. Meanwhile, President Joe Biden's 2024 budget proposal calls for a major funding increase for the Advanced Research Projects Agency for Health, or ARPA-H for short. ARPA-H is charged with funding projects considered too risky for the private sector, and Biden seeks $2.5 billion for it, up from $1.5 billion. Biden's request represents a shift in federal funding approach to research, a boost that comes with Biden's proposed 12 percent funding increase for HHS applied research. However, Congress will ultimately write the fiscal 2024 budget. And Silicon Valley Bank had many healthcare and biotech startups among its client roster. Now the bank's failure last Friday is raising questions about how much this could hurt emerging health companies. Joining me now is Michael Yang, a managing partner with Omer's Ventures, a global early-stage technology venture firm, to give me the industry's read on this. How was your weekend? <laughs> My weekend must have been just like yours, right? Like really boring and not much to do. No, it was, uh, it was a fascinating weekend with uh, just developments on the hour, every hour, I felt. Just complete chaos, really. Um, uh, yes. So I'll give our listeners a little bit of a clue in. So on Friday, obviously, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation took control of Silicon Valley Bank, which, as you know, is used by a lot of startups and venture capitalists and other people in Silicon Valley. Uh, and then on Sunday, the Department of Treasury, the Federal Reserve, and the FDIC said that they would ensure that companies who had money at Silicon Valley Bank would be able to access their funds on Monday, which then the president reiterated on Monday. So I'm curious if you've heard, did that happen? Were companies able to take their money out? Has that been okay? Yeah. So the first thing we did after we saw kind of uh, President Biden get on the line is we just started checking in with each of our portfolio companies and founders like, hey, what happened to your wires as of Friday, as of even Thursday afternoon? And then um, did anything that was pending kind of actually go through? The predominant thing that we heard was the website for Silicon Valley Bank and some of the other banks like Signature, et cetera, were all under massive duress. You know, it was very hard to kind of get through. So you had management teams at these startups where it's like buying a Taylor Swift ticket on Ticketmaster, right? Everyone's got browsers open on their desktop, on their mobile phone, trying to get through and see if they could access it. So I think it's still work in progress. Some companies were able to get through and move all their money out. Others are still kind of pending. And then some are just said, you know what, I'm not going to wait today. I'll just try Tuesday. And hopefully the crowd has done its thing and I'll just be able to get on on Tuesday. So it's been that kind of a day. Okay. So it sounds like to a certain extent, the crisis was averted. Yes, I think people are seeing their funds that are accessible if they're able to get through the site. Some of them have been able to kind of process transactions. 
Some of the transactions from last week have gone through. Some of them did not go through, but they were told to reinitiate the same wires and wire transfers. So I think people generally feeling a lot more at ease and calm that the money is still there. It's still theirs. And it's just going to take a couple of days to kind of see it through. Another question I had for you about Silicon Valley Bank, because Silicon Valley Bank is not really just a bank. It is also, or I mean, in the sense that we think of like a place where people just put their money, <laughs> you know, it's also an investor. Yeah. So as you also said, Silicon Valley Bank selectively was also an equity investor, meaning sometimes they wrote checks just like a VC as they have their own VC arm and they invested in some of the startups that maybe they they banked or didn't. Um, they're also an investment bank, too. So they may do transactional advisory work for for the startup landscape. And then the other thing is they are a limited partner, which means they will often invest in venture funds. And those same venture funds may back startups who also have a banking relationship with, with them. And do we have a sense of, you know, for people or for companies rather that did have investments from Silicon Valley Bank, you know, are those investments okay? <laughs> do they still have that money or are we not sure yet? Yeah, if it was an equity investment, obviously you already have that money. They invested whenever the round closed, so that's yours, and you've probably already started to to spend some of it as a founder. For those who were seeking a loan from Silicon Valley Bank, and maybe you got the loan last year, but you hadn't drawn on it, I think the prevailing wisdom is it's going to be unlikely that you will be able to draw against those lines. So if you need them to continue to run your business, you're in the situation of now going out and seeking alternative lending sources to kind of work with you. If you have drawn down some of your debt, that obviously is in your bank account. You're still free to use it, but you have to abide by the rules of that loan, which means if you have interest payments and principal payments due, then you got to continue to pay those. That that would be the expectation. This tees up another question I had for you about sort of like the broader investment community and what I focus on, which is sort of more health tech and health innovation and biotech companies. You know, it was already a really tough year for these companies in terms of investments, right? You know, a lot of them raised, or I shouldn't say a lot of them, but there were some big raises that happened in 2021 for certain healthcare and biotech players. And then that sort of went out the door in 2022. And my understanding is that Silicon Valley Bank actually works with a lot of these kinds of players, a lot of people in healthcare and biotech. And so I'm kind of curious, even though we've seen this crisis averted somewhat, you know, are there implications here for some of those companies? For sure. Um, you know, especially for, for what you cover, Silicon Valley Bank was very embedded and, and deep with the health tech, digital health community. Um, they did a lot of interesting industry research and thought leadership. They hosted and convened an entire community. I mean, they're really, really well entrenched as, as part of the fabric over there. So we are going to miss them as, as cheerleaders of the whole digital health kind of revolution. Um, you know, I think most of us founders and VCs alike are sad for kind of the SVB employee base, right? Those were tons of people that were kind of doing yeoman's work to kind of propagate and, and stand up the innovation ecosystem. And they're uncertain in terms of where their future employment prospects are. And, and that's super, super kind of uh, disconcerting. 
if you were counting on that venture deadline that you had with SVB, and that was going to get you, Ruth, as a founder from June of 2023 when you're out of cash to December of 2023 when you're out of cash, now all of a sudden you don't have that and you're six months shorter on your one way. So now you are frantically trying to solve for that. If you were to go back out to try to find new venture debt, the terms you were get are not going to be as favorable as the terms you originally got from SVB a year or so ago. And, and you know, if we go back to kind of the time frame you laid out, what was going on in 2021 and 2022, by 22, most founders in health tech and VCs kind of knew that the market had turned. So they were thinking, we got to moderate growth, we got to focus on kind of the burn and cost, and we have to extend runway in order to allow our business model to continue to mature and put points on the board to kind of raise that next financing. So if possible, we don't want to raise in early 2023. Now that is kind of like out the door, and you're going to have to find kind of new ways to extend runway. So I, I would expect those companies who were jammed up without the SVB debt available to have to do more cost reductions, which unfortunately usually means layoffs, right? And that could also lead to kind of premature combinations or consolidation, M&A. But I think a lot of people are going to have to do some, some, some thinking. I think the flip side was in 22 in particular, if you raise then, right after you raise your equity financing, your Series A, your Series B, your seed, what have you, Oftentimes, people would say, hey, let's go right now to SVB, uh, especially in digital health, and get them to see if they want to you know, do a, a venture debt kind of deal with us as well. You probably have not drawn on that because that was saved for kind of back end of this year or maybe even beginning of next year. So you're like, okay, now I don't have that available, but I still have plenty of time to kind of deal with it. So I'm either going to go try to find a substitute venture debt uh, lender or I'm just going to reforecast, replan, and not be as aggressive as if it were there. Hmm, okay. But it does sound like there's flexibility here for some of these companies, not so much for others, but also like a real hole in the community in terms of like places that companies turn to in order to like keep going and keep their innovation moving forward. Big time. And as I said, SVB were awesome at convening the community together and, you know, allowing founders to exchange ideas and meet each other, uh, share best practices. Um, They're on top of all the funding stats within health tech, the terms in health tech, all that kind of stuff. So um, hopefully somebody else steps up into that void. We don't know who that is just yet, but, um, you know, we would personally here at Owners Ventures love to see kind of uh, more folks step into the digital health kind of community on that front. One last question for you is, you know, I'm curious what it means for Silicon Valley Bank to be run by regulators until it finds a buyer and how sort of the investment community is thinking about it. Is Silicon Valley Bank lost altogether or is the investment community thinking that it might come back in some capacity? Yeah, I I mean, I think the latest kind of reports are FDIC and the government are still trying to find a buyer for it, even after backstopping the deposits. Um, I think if someone as a bank or strategic acquirer wants coveted relationships with the technology industry, with uh, venture capitalists and private equity funds, wants exposure to this part of the GDP, like this is a pristine asset. You know, the loans could be interesting. The equity, you know, that we spoke about at the beginning could be could be interesting. 
and then the workforce at SVB is is great. You know, awesome people who kind of have the relationships, have the know-how. Like, it would be sad to see them kind of dispersed across many other organizations, though that may be good for the ecosystem, too. Just have a lot of banks with a lot more SVB-like DNA kind of in their fabric. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. But I think many are still cheering that somebody buys over or, or buys SVB and it kind of gets reconstituted somewhere else, you know? Well, thank you so much for taking time to talk with me about this and for all your insight. Sure. Anytime, Ruth. Thanks for having me. And that's our show. Our music is by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Annie Reese is our producer. Raghu Manavalan is our editor. Our healthcare team editors are Eli Reyes, Dan Goldberg, Barbara Van Tyne, Beth Belton, and Sean Zeller. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. I'm Ruth Reader. Subscribe and follow Pulse Check for a new episode every day. And subscribe to our newsletters where you can read this reporting. Pulse, Future Pulse, and Prescription Pulse. Thanks for listening. 